MMA Sucker Radio is the number one podcast in Regina, Okotoks, and Bacon Cove. Thank you, Canada. I am Trevor Duick. Beside me is Jeremy Brand, and we are MMA Sucker Radio. That we are, and we are <laughs> listening to uh, Pumped Up Kicks, the dubstep version by Foster the People, obviously. Oh, you you get uh, you get the musical choice. Today, the it's my box. week. It's my week. So what do we what do we got planned for today's show? Some Besides more, the guest, but the music wise. Some more Foster the People. Oh, you should be you just be doing, a good one. Yeah, just going full out Foster the People. Good for you. Have they come out with a new album in the last little while? Not that I know of. No. no, I haven't heard any new... They sort of came on with this Pumped Up Kick song, and there were a few other songs, Helena Beat and Houdini. and Great music. They were, it was awesome, just yeah. chill, relaxed music last summer, and you haven't heard much of them again. Uh, Probably working since. on a new album. Hopefully. They seem like a summertime band. They're just that laid-back, cool, you know, collected kind of guys. Yeah, speaking of summertime bands, I actually... This is the first time in a long time... That I've I have three concerts I'm going to in the next few months, man. Wow. Yeah, I know. I got uh, I'm I'm pretty stoked. I'm gonna go see Fun. Um, and then I'm gonna go. I, I'm going to a festival later on in August. That'll yeah. be fun. Are you a festival guy? Oh, I love festivals. Yeah, you just like chilling guy. on the grass yep. and listening to good music and more so when I was younger. I went to a lot at Thunderbird Stadium here in Vancouver. Um, Snuck into them when I was in high school as well. Had some yeah. fun with that. Uh, there was a lot at Thunderbird Stadium. Also, a good one is in Stanley Park, downtown Vancouver. Historic site for you people who have uh, visited Vancouver. But the Malkin Bowl in Stanley Park yes, is an beautiful. awesome venue. Beautiful. For, for Small, music. but yes. very good. Like, very intimate. Outside yeah. venue. Uh, no, I love that. I saw a Vampire Weekend there. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I saw yeah. City in Color there. Nice, nice. Anyway, besides music, this show is always about fighting and music, it seems. That's two of our favorite things, I guess. Um, we got a pretty cool show, man. Yeah, uh, we stacked do. it up. And just let people know who we're going to be uh, it's jabbing a, it's with. It's a Canadian show. It's a good Canadian show. Other than show. one American we decided to bring on. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we're going to start things off with AFC Aggression Fighting Championship President uh, or Promoter, whatever you want to call him. I don't think he gave himself a title, but Mr. Darren Owen's going to be on the show. Yeah, so for people who don't know, who are listening to us down south or who've never heard of the AFC, it's Aggression Fighting Championships. Uh, it's up here in Canada. They're one of the because they're one of the bigger organizations up here. They do a good job, really good job. They do. They started out as uh, Armageddon Fighting Championship in uh, Victoria, British Columbia, and yeah. then they joined forces with another AFC... Yeah, and uh, they made aggression fighting championship. They combined in Alberta. They've, they've moved yeah. their forces elsewhere, and and they're putting on shows all over Western Canada using the force. Yes, <laughs> so forces a lot there. Okay, uh, yeah, well, that's Jeez. all right. Well, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I say the same words lots of times too. Um, but yeah, no, AFC's great, and so we're gonna have Darren Owen on. Uh, he had, he put a comment on our website. So up here in British Columbia, we. Just finally got, we're about to get a provincial athletic commission. And so we wrote about it, and Darren Owen put a comment on our website underneath that column, or article, I should say. And he was bashing uh, Mark Pavlich. Well, he was bashing the comment that Mark Pavlich made on the show last week about the fact that his undercards are better than 90% of Canadian MMA organizations' main cards. So he was sort of giving his rebuttal on that. Yeah, so it would be cool to ask him about that. We have TJ Grant on. Moving out east in Canada, down to yeah. Cole Harbor, Nova Cole Scotia. Cole Harbor, yep. TJ Grant's fighting Gray Maynard, UFC 160, and I've heard, you've heard, we all heard from Dana White that uh, it's for the number one contender. Yep, following the last... Uh, lightweight title. Lightweight title fight. Benson Henderson, um, Gilbert Melendez, after that fight in the post-fight press conference, Dana White made it crystal clear that this would be a number one contender fight. Uh, good for TJ Grant, good Canadian kid. On a four-fight four fight winning yeah. streak. Mm-hmm. And uh, very, very, I mean, he went from he's going from Matt Wyman to Gray Maynard. That's a big step up in competition. Yes, it is. And then we're going competition. Yeah, speaking of competition, we had one. Yeah, we had a writer search, MMA Sucker writer search. And uh, we're going to bring on one of the winners of that search. We brought, we actually brought on about 
Six or seven new writers to MMA suck it off wow, from, from this competition. We're we getting had bigger. This the the competition had some serious entries in it, and and these guys were the top notch guys that we decided to bring on. Uh, I'm pretty excited to do this, and we're gonna bring on one of them tonight. His name's Alan Sturk. Yeah, now he's not from Canada, he's close to Canada, but he's from New York. Yep. And uh, he's one of our new writers. Uh, he wrote a great piece on Roy Nelson. I, I really liked it. That piece will actually be put up on the site tomorrow. Nice. Perfect. So there you go. Alan Sturk's going to be... We're going to talk to uh, one of the new writers for our team. It's just crazy how MMA Suck has really kind of blown up. People want to write for us. It's it's cool. I think just because we, we've we got an interesting voice. I exactly. Think. Yeah. This show is an interesting voice. I actually just want to... We got these new writers, new guys. I wanted to... It has nothing to do with MMA. A buddy of mine um, is starting a new web series Okay. I just sort of wanted to push it. You want to shout it out? People oh, know here we go. Advertising. My buddy's web series. It's called Smoke Lore. It's a web series online. Excuse me? Smoke Lore. And uh, I'll give you the about thing from their page. Sounds like something we Smoke do. Lore is a new comedy action drama. Actually, it sounds like something we'd watch after what we do. So okay. it's, it's a new comedy action drama web series about a cop whose family is abducted by aliens and now he must follow the clues to get them back. The mystery is unlocked. This is a movie? No, it's a web series web online. Series. Yeah. Okay. So the mystery is unlocked when he finds the spotted qui mushroom, a psychedelic mushroom that was planted on Earth <laughs> by the aliens what? many years ago. So psychedelic I, I, mushrooms from aliens. Yes. So the, it, 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 you can go on to smoke lore. A, a buddy of mine actually wrote the show. He wrote the series. He partnered well, up with on some those people. mushrooms. Possibly he was on those mushrooms. I cannot speak of yes. I don't know how you no. can write on that but, sort of shit, but anyway. anyway. <laughs> Obviously, you come up with great, great things like that. Exactly. Smoke Smoke so while Lord. there's a web series up, it's got two episodes up on the site right now. All you have to do is go on, create a username and password, log in, you get to see the show. So it's smokelorewebseries.com. Good buddy of mine, Paul Cummings from Texas. He now lives in Vancouver. He created this show and. I just thought I'd let you people know about it. Shout out. Check it out. Smoke lore. Um, speaking of being under the influence, what did you think of Carlin Bardsley's rant last week? We should probably get him on again. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I'm He's liking prob- In the Bar with Bards. Those rants are great. I think we need to bring him on probably like in the next couple weeks for sure. Yeah, because yeah, I love it when he goes off in a drunken stupor on, on things. But he makes a lot of sense. Exactly, you know I mean? and that's why they're rants. Yes, right. That's right. Well, I don't want to stop ranting myself. Let's get out to our show to our first guest. He is the promoter of Aggression Fighting Championships, which is uh, one of Canada's biggest MMA organizations. They have a show coming up on May 19th. That is uh, Sunday. It's AFC 18 Mayhem in Victoria, British Columbia at Bear Mountain Arena. To talk about that event as well as this new athletic commission in British Columbia, welcome to the show, Mr. Darren Owen. Darren, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So i got to ask you, man, you have a great card coming up. Um, and I noticed, I was, I was actually going to say it was on a Saturday, but you actually have it on a Sunday. What was the reason behind that? Is it because it's uh, a long weekend uh, up in B.C.? Yeah, it's a long weekend. The Monday's the holiday. Um, also, the venue didn't have, uh, didn't have the Saturday available, so I thought it just made sense to go on the Sunday. So, uh, you know, as a, you know, the guy, you know, behind the scenes, one of the big head honchos there, the, you know, one of the owners, um, did, you, were you, did that make you nervous at all of doing it on a Sunday, or is it pretty much because it's a long weekend, it's kind of like a Saturday? Um, well, to be honest, we had a Saturday booked a couple weeks prior, but the reality is there was a few of our big draws. Uh, Michael Hill wasn't available that date. Alexio Giro wasn't available that date. David Perron wasn't available that date. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, I had to push it a little bit. So, um, And that was the date I could push it to. There's a lot of people that kind of leave to go camping on the long weekend. Yeah. But the flip side is, is there's a lot of people that come to Victoria for the Victoria Day uh, weekend. So... Yeah, there's uh, there's people leaving town, but there's also a lot of people coming to town. So yeah, well, like my cohort here, uh, Jeremy, he's uh, producer. Jeremy is actually going to be uh, checking you guys out. It's been it's been a little while. It's uh, it's it's really crazy how it went from Armageddon to aggression, and you guys have really evolved. Just let us know, sort of, how are things going for you, and and sort of what does the future hold for for AFC? Yeah, things are going awesome, man. Like we couldn't be happier with the with the growth that's taking 
place ever since we kind of all got together here. Uh, we're, we're streamlining all of our events and, and working together. Um, you know, just kind of using everybody's strengths uh, and just moving forward, man, expanding across Canada. We want to be Canada's national brand of MMA, and I think we're on our way to doing that. How cool was it to be able to snag Michael Hill? I mean, everybody knows him from The Ultimate Fighter. He was on our show quite a bit for a while, um, and now you have him on your card. That must be that must be a big win for you guys. Yeah, such a great guy too. You know, all, you know, anytime you're, you're getting a Tashido fighter, you know you're getting a, a very polished athlete. Um, and the fact that you know he, you know, yeah, he's had the fame of being on The Ultimate Fighter show. Um, you know, he's a very marketable, reputable guy. And, um, you know, we're, we're honored to have him and, and his teammates, too. Um, Mike Adams, who, uh, who fought Curtis Briggs for our title. It was a phenomenal four-round battle. And then um, uh, Jensen, uh, Tim Jensen, who's uh, fought at 55 against one of our top uh, lightweight, Stephen Beaumont, his last event. And uh, he's dropping down to 45. And that, that guy's a force to be reckoned with. So, yeah, all those guys are great to have. And, you know, Michael Hill's got his underlying contender fight coming up. And if he can get past Joel Powell, he's going to be fighting Ryan Fultz for the title with Edmonton. Wow, man. He's, yeah, like you said, man, he's such a good dude. And another guy we've had on our show a few times, and another really good dude is Caleb Starnes. The guy's still going at it, you know? Um, Caleb about... has a lot of gas left in that tank. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. What is it about Caleb you like as a fighter? Um, I don't know if you've seen his last fight uh, for us against Joe Dirksen, uh, that headlined our Winnipeg card. Mm-hmm. That is the Caleb I'd love to watch. Um he came out in that fight and he was, you know, he, he kind of channeled his inner Nick Diaz, um, just wanted to, just wanted to fight. Um, and that was awesome to see, you know, he really started to take it to Dirksen when he found his range, um, easily won that third round, I would say. And, you know, that was one of the fights in the year, I would have to say. So, you know, he's, he's got the skill set of a, you know, BJJ black belt, but, um, he's got that fire back in him, and he he just wants to fight. So I'm looking forward to uh, to what he brings on Sunday night. So on Sunday night, he's fighting David Perrone. A couple weeks after that, you got him fighting Tim Haig at heavyweight. Um, what what was sort of the thought process behind that? Uh, Caleb bugging me for about three or four months ever since the Dirksen fight to get him a fight, get him a fight, get him a fight. And not a lot of guys want to fight Caleb. Um, so he's he's hard to match up. So he's you know, he put on some muscle, he bulked up, he was kind of looking for a new home at 205, and then uh, an injury came to Ryan James, who was originally scheduled to fight um, on. So I said, hey, Caleb, you know, you've been bugging me for a fight, you think you can make 185 in like four or five weeks, whatever it was, and he's like, yeah, I'll do my best, I'll get down there. So, um, and then uh, it was kind of funny, it was like the next day, we saw an egg, and we were looking for a opponent for egg, and, um, Caleb was actually no, sorry, the Hag thing happened first. Caleb was bugging me, says I'll fight. He says, text me, says I'll fight heavyweight, light heavyweight, or middleweight. Just get me a fight. <laughs> so the, uh, the the Hag happened first, and then it was the Quran was like later that day or something. It was just kind of crazy how it worked out. So, but you know, I I think Caleb's got a, a great shot at um, well, him and Quran is, is going to be a great fight. And then even when he goes up to fight Hag, you know, I, I think he's uh, I almost think he's a favorite in that fight against Hag. He's got the speed and. And uh, obviously he's going to have some cardio on on Big Hag, but um, you know Hag's got that knockout power, so it'll be speed versus power in that one. Yeah, I think the fight this Sunday night against Perone is a is a more dangerous fight for Caleb than the Hag fight, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Speaking of Perone, uh, he went from being a big-time prospect to having some some injury issues. He's back now. He beat Daniel McIver back in November. I know you've always been excited about his potential. What do you expect from Showtime? Yeah, you know, I I didn't know when I first signed him. You know, I'd heard some good things about him, but you know, I never seen him train. I I didn't know too much about him. Um, and then he just knocked out Nathan Swayze, um, which was a highlight reel knockout. And then you know, I started to become a pretty big believer. And then uh, you know, the more I, I talked to him and, and found out more about him, you know, he's he's one of the top 185ers out there. He's one of the top prospects for sure. Um, he shouldn't have fought the. The uh, Andrew Buckman fight, he was severely injured. I didn't know the extent of his injury before that fight. So, you know, I think that one was a, a hard one to um, to kind of judge. But, um, you know, he couldn't even use his, his shoulder in that fight. Um, and then 
looking as impressively as he did against a super tough Dan McIver. I know how good Dan McIver is. You know, I was a big believer after that. So I think mm-hmm. he's ready for the step up to that star's level. And then let's see where he really is at now that he's healthy. All right, let's shift gears here for a second because there was some big news. I mean, I know it came out a few weeks ago, but a lot of people didn't know about it, that the, the beast British Columbia has decided that they're going to come up with a provincial commissioner, uh, maybe with some advisors. Details are kind of sketchy right now, but it looks like May 30th, I believe, is, is when this new commissioner is going to come into place. So it's really exciting for, for promoters like you because professional MMA is going to be regulated throughout the province. That's the best news about it. Um, but, you know, Mark Pavlich came on our show last week, and he's sort of the one that, that broke the news to us anyway, that he's planning on coming to British Columbia two more times, uh, at least two times this year. Whether or not that's true or not, I'm not sure. But uh, He's also going to the U.S. and yeah. many other places, which he's <laughs> never actually followed through with. Brandon Manitoba, remember he was going there? Yeah. How'd that work out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he did say something that his, his undercards are better than most other prom- promotions in Canada's main card. And you went on our website and you put comments on there. Just explain people who haven't read the comments. Um, you were kind of cheesed off about that a little bit, weren't you? Well, the guy's delusional. His, so, I don't know, I don't have the names in front of me, but his undercard was, and no disrespect to any of the guys who, who fight MMA anywhere, but if you look at the undercard and, and the level those guys are at, you know, they're all kind of mid-tier guys, some guys up and starting. He's got two brothers who don't train and fight each other. Yeah, that made a lot of sense. There's some good integrity there in the sport. Um, and he's trying to say that that's better. I, I compared apples to apples. I did his mm-hmm. Edmonton card with our Edmonton card, which we've got Ryan Ford, arguably the best, fighter in Canada not signed by the UFC, fighting the winner of Joel Powell, a top 10 uh, welterweight, uh, and Michael Hill, who we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Jesse Ronson, the number one 155er not signed in the UFC, fighting Shane Campbell, another 8-1 crazy Muay Thai uh, specialist, our current 155 champ. Uh, Stephen Beaumont, 7-1 versus uh, Brad Dewsbury, 10-2. and two. There's oh man, the Carter Stack, the Hag versus Starnes fights on there. The... Um, Sheldon Westcott's fighting on that card. There's, I missed yeah. one of the big ones. Yeah, Victor Valamaki versus Dwayne Lewis. Like that, that card is probably better than any card he's ever put on. So, <laughs> so let's you know, let's just be real here. It's to try to say his undercards is better than than that. No, like I, I'd love to compare the two full cards. You know, he had Burchak versus Benoit for his main event. Have you guys before that ever heard of either one of those guys? Well, Burchak, he talks a lot, but no, not really. I mean, you know, he, no. he did a good job of promoting his fight, but I mean, unfortunately, they lost their their main event to to, to injury or to I guess you know medicals. But Burchak also auditioned for the Ultimate Fighter and didn't make the house, so yeah, his name was out there a little bit, but but not to any non mainstream MMA like, fan. Have you heard of Ryan Ford, Burchak? Who's a bigger name? True, true. Uh, you know, very true, very yeah. true. Um, what is it about Mark Pavlich that, that irritates you? It seems like he he always seems to to irritate you a little bit, and you send yeah, you tend to go off a little bit. What 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 is it about Pavlich that just uh, gets you going? His his lack of disrespect for everybody else in Canadian MMA is what bugs me. He disrespects the fighters all the time. He disrespects some of the other pioneers who did this longer than him, and have done this with more integrity than him. He will cut anybody's throat to make a buck in this business. He screwed over almost every one of his sponsors. He has no sponsorship. Um, uh, retention. All the sponsors go with him, he screws them over, and then they go. The time I spent in Edmonton hearing the stories from all the different fighters in Edmonton, it is ridiculous how many bridges that guy has burned. Um, I think that's why he's got to get out of Edmonton. Nobody wants to support him. Everybody hates him. So you continue to disrespect people and fight with people, you know, you're going to run out of, of fighters to use, gyms to use, and sponsors to have. So I hope he just doesn't come to D.C. And, and screw everything up over here. MFC, though, see, is, they are the, the top dog in Canada. And I think they probably, have access TV. Other yeah. than that, they don't have anything. Yeah, If they didn't have access TV, he'd have nothing. His live shows don't draw anywhere near what our live shows draw. Okay, okay. What, what's the future for AFC as far as a TV deal like that? Have you guys talked to Access TV? Have you talked to, to anybody yeah, else? Yeah, we've talked to Andy Simon you know, probably once a month, just touch base with him at the moment. It's kind of the same thing, you know, currently, you know, we are in a deal with another Canadian promotion. At the, you know, at the time, we're not looking to add another Canadian promotion to their lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that deal can expire at some point in time, and then we'll see what happens. Um, you know, we're not throwing all of our eggs in the access TV basket. Um, we've got some very, well, I, we've got some stuff in the works. We're close to a major thing. And once that hits, uh, you know, in my opinion, it's going to be, you know, clear cut. You know, we're already doing, you know, I don't know how you call yourself the biggest show in Canada by doing three or four events per year in one city using majority of American fighters and you're not even shown in Canada. So how are you the biggest Canadian MMA promotion by having four shows a year in one city and using, you know, getting how many Canadians fights per year? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. Very true. Um, we've got uh, news last week again about this British Columbia commission, uh, May 30th. Are you excited about this and, and what are you allowed to tell us oh, about it? I, I'm absolutely excited about it. Um, you know, we've, I've been plugging away in Victoria for about three or four years now. It's obviously not a huge market. There's 300,000 people here where, you know, you go to Vancouver and all of a sudden you can draw from a couple million people. Um, but you know, we've, I've, you know, learned how to run shows, how to run events properly, smoothly. Um, you know, I'm, and then kind of going to run events in Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, um, just learning, you know, the different the different cities, there's different commissions we deal with. There's different everything, different venues. So um, I see a very smooth transition over into the Vancouver market. Um, I've got great relationships with all the fighters over there, all the gyms over there. Um, they're very excited that, you know, it's happening. Because, you know, those guys have been kind of screwed for a while. You know, they haven't had a home uh, to fight regularly in, and, and that's all going to change. So, you know, I'm so excited to uh, to go to promote throughout BC. Now, I'm going to ask you, and I'm sure I already know what your answer is going to be, but um, I've heard rumor that you have inside information on who the commissioner is. Can you tell us? I've heard a rumor as well, but no, I can't. uh, I can't say anything. Can you tell us if he's a former politician? I can't say anything. I wish I could, but I can't say anything. We had to try. We had to try. Um, (laughs) What are some of the other details as far as what you know? I've heard something about some sort of $25,000 bond. Is that true? That you're going to have to lay down? I've I've talked to uh, another commissioner um, that has said that that's what's going to happen. But until, like, they've released a lot of the the rules that that are going to come forward, but Mm -hmm. they haven't released all the details. Like, there's still no exact, well, they still haven't made public what medicals all the fighters are going to require. Um, like, if you go to Manitoba, there's a $4,000 bond there to put on an event. Yeah. So I've heard that there's going to be $25,000 bond um, to do an event in BC, which I don't think is a bad thing. You, you know, you, there's a lot of people that think they can do this. And um, it just kind of weeds out some of the, the guys who might not be as professional as everybody would hope. Do you, are you worried, though, that they're going to go down the same road as Ontario where, you know, their fees and their demands are extremely high, where there isn't really a lot of professional MMA going on in Ontario? Are you worried about that at all, or do you have it on good knowledge that it's, it's not going to be the same? It's, it's not going to be the same. Um, it's going to be higher than, than a lot of places here. Um, it sounds like they're going to do 5%. Um, their fee is going to be 5% of the total gate. So if you bring in a $100,000 gate, it's to them as $5,000. Um, we still have to see what all medical stuff, like the biggest problem with Ontario is, is the medical cost. You know, these fighters have to spend over a thousand bucks just to get their medicals done. Yeah. And, you know, often, you know, guys got, you know, guys on the undercard that, you know, can't afford that because their purse isn't even that amount. So it's usually the promoter that's, you know, eating that, eating that cost ups. And then they've got a couple other random weird, crazy things. But, um, it doesn't sound like the you know the bill at the end of the day isn't going to be anywhere near what Ontario is. So I'm happy to hear that because yeah, they've that commission has pretty much killed um, MMA in Ontario except for UFC. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, would you like to see amateur MMA regulated the same way as well, or do you think amateur oh, MMA is fine course. right now? Um, it's still not consistent. Like there's there's still nothing in place with the government that says you have to use either MMABC or anybody else. So I, I would love to see, you know, something in place where, you know, you, you do have to use proper sanctioning. These, these guys do have to have medicals done. Um, you know, and everything has to be run properly. Are you happy with MMABC yeah. and the job they've done? Yeah, they've been great, man. Bill, Bill Mahood set that up and you know, mm-hmm. he's been around the sport forever and he knows what he was doing. And, you know, it's, they've, they've, 
you know, they've done great. They've really established themselves as, you know, as the sanctioning body to use for amateur. Um, and if they were put into place, you know, by the provincial government, that would benefit everybody. Another quick question for you, and I was just reading this here. It says that the commissioner is only going to, I mean, I've heard that he's going to have some advisors. So, um, but uh, the, they're only going to be regulating MMA and boxing. Uh, I don't know if that's completely true, but that's what I've heard. Um, if that I've is true. I've heard that too. I, I really don't know if it's, if they're excluding kickboxing or what. I, that doesn't make I'm sense. I'm in the MMA did. business. And, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, I, re- I, I don't know. I can't speak on that. All right, before we let you go here, Darren, uh, just give us, uh, everybody, some fights that they can look forward to and, and where they can watch uh, AFC 18 on May 19th. Uh, definitely, I'm looking forward to the main event, the co-main event. Also, um, you know, young up-and-comer, Alexi Argirio, uh he's taken his last amateur fight before he turns pro. Um, remember that kid's name. He's, he's going to be big in this sport. Um, tickets are available at selectyourtickets.com. Uh, as well, you can get tickets at the door. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to, to put this event on and, you know, hope some, some people from the mailer and pop over the island for a long weekend and come watch some fights. And they, you said you can watch it streaming online? Is that, is that how oh, it is? Oh, uh, sorry, yeah, you can, uh, it's going to be, this event's going to be on Go Fight Live, so gfl.tv. gfl.tv. And where can people find you in the social media universe, by the way? Uh, our website is aggressionfc.com. Uh, we've got our Facebook page as well, Aggression Fighting Championships. Um, my Twitter is MMAAFC, and uh, there's also MMA, uh, sorry, AFC Canada on Twitter. Awesome, bro. You know what? It's been a long time since we've had you on. We're going to bring you on again because I really, really like what you guys are doing with AFC. It's It's been a big, huge transition for you over the last year and a bit, and uh, it's really great to see you guys uh, you know, being successful because you guys are all great people out there, and, and uh, we really appreciate having you on. Yeah, I no, appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you very much. That is Darren Owen, president, owner, whatever you want, head honcho. Aggression Fighting Championship. They got their show this Sunday night, May 19th, in uh, Victoria, British Columbia, Bear Mountain Arena. I will be there live. Now, interesting, he was talking about Caleb Starnes. People know Caleb Starnes for his time in the UFC. The guy's still going out. He actually retired and then came back out of retirement. Yeah, he had a ton of potential even inside the octagon. He beat uh, some big names inside the octagon. He did well on the Ultimate Fighter, and then he's forever known for that fight against Nate Quarry. Unfortunately, yeah. If you can just Google his name, that's like one of the first things that's, that comes up. There was even a website, I think, called uh, Run Caleb Run. And I, it's yeah. so unfortunate because the guy. He's a good dude. He's such a good dude, and mm-hmm. he's got some. Like, he's one of the best MMA fighters to come out of British Columbia, other than obviously Rory McDonald. You know, people don't really know the real story behind that whole ordeal. And no. I don't think Caleb's really told too many people. I know he came on our show and told us a little bit, but. We should have him on again one day. He doesn't like to reflect on the past at all. He's living in the future. Um, A good friend of ours and local um, professional MMA fighter, Micah Brakefield, actually lives with Caleb Starnes now and and trains in the house, trains at his gym. Um, He's got a fight coming up, too. Cool, man. Cool. Um, You know what else is cool is the fact that we get to talk to TJ Grant from Cole Harbor out here in Canada, out east. Let's do that. He is set to fight Gray Maynard at UFC 160 in Las Vegas, Nevada. He hails from Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia. Eh? Welcome back to the show, TJ Grant. TJ, thanks for doing this, man. Not a problem, man. My pleasure. Hey, first off, I got to ask you: um, Are you a hockey fan? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely watch it, and uh, you know, I've been into the playoffs this year. Yeah. Are you, did you you watch that Leafs game yesterday? Yeah, it was, uh, it was the ultimate <laughs> meltdown. I um, I was watching it, and it was four to one, and uh, I decided to go into my kitchen, started making food. Next thing you know, they score, they score, they score again. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> no Terrible, man. Terrible. You, you must you must follow the Penguins too because Sidney Crosby's from your neck of the woods, is he not? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. You you got You got to follow the Penguins a bit. I mean, uh, 
you know, I like to think of myself as a Calgary Flames fan, but oh, you know, to tell you the truth, like I, I'm not a huge, uh, not huge into the hockey, but I definitely enjoy it and come playoffs. I mean, I'm, I'm watching it all the time. Did you ever meet Sydney at all? You guys ever hang out, train together? <laughs> no, never, man. Never. <laughs> what was it like to grow up in, in Coal Harbor, by the way? That's oh, not too bad. It's, uh, you know, just like anywhere. It's, you know, there's lots of stuff to do. And uh, if you want to get into trouble, I mean, we all manage to do that as kids. But, uh, you know, it's a good place to live. I, you know, I like to call it home. And, um, you know, I've, I've enjoyed my life so far here. <laughs> How did you get into fighting? Because a lot of guys go, like we were saying, we were talking about hockey there for a second. But a lot of, you know, I'm sure a lot of guys out there want to want to get into hockey, especially now with what Sydney's done and everything. Uh, how, what what brought you into fighting? Well, um, yeah, Cole Harbor's, yeah, it's been known for hockey and um, they're not necessarily for fighting. But uh, my brother, my oldest brother, he got he was a boxer and um so he just, he always was into the combat sports, and, and he got me into it. And, uh, you know, he, me and him were wrestling around the house a lot, and mom finally just said, you know, you got to take him to the gym. And he brought me to a jiu-jitsu class, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so i got a question here. i got to get these questions out of the way before we get to the meat and potatoes. But there's a question here from Twitter from a girl named Angela. She wants to know, are you married? Yes, I, or no, I'm engaged, actually. Ah, sorry, Angela, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Is yes. it true, do fighters get a lot of chicks? Because Jordan Meehan seems to have no problems picking up girls. He was on our show the other a couple of weeks ago, and he told me it's not a problem. Was it Was it ever a problem for you? Uh, you know what, I, I wouldn't really know. I mean, I've been, been with my woman now for uh, basically my whole fighting career, but <laughs> okay. you know, I'm, sure, I'm, sure the, I'm sure the girls are out there. Uh, I'm sure Jordan, a good-looking guy like Jordan, didn't have any... <laughs> Any issues, fine and sick. But... Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's get the meat and potatoes here. Uh, you fought a tough Matt Wyman in your last fight. Gray Maynard is a pretty big leap up in competition. Were you happy to get that matchup, though? Um, yeah, I didn't really see it as a, an option with the UFC to get a guy like Gray, you know, being where he's at in his career and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I was, just, I'm, I was happy. I mean, I turned down that fight with Jim Miller, uh, and uh, I didn't think necessarily I'd be able to fight somebody above me in the rankings after after being offered that and having to turn it down. But um, you know, UFC gave me the opportunity, man. And I'm pumped. This is uh, this is one of those fights that I can honestly say I'm really excited about. And uh, you know, I, I put everything into my training at this point, and I'm just looking forward to uh, going out there and you know performing well and hopefully getting a good result. Yeah, you're on a four-fight winning streak right now. Does it make you nervous at all, though? I mean, UFC president Dana White pretty much guaranteed that this fight against Gray Maynard is a number one contender fight, and you will get the next title shot against whoever the lightweight champion is. Yeah, I mean, I guess that adds pressure to it. I mean, uh, the boss is saying that. They they obviously have faith, and both of us are going to go out there and put on a big big fight, and, and, uh, you know, the fact that... uh, you know, to be mentioned in the in the title hunt is definitely an honor, but you know I don't I don't think it's going to affect my performance. I'm going to just go out there and, and fight the way I've been fighting, and just kind of you know win or lose, I'm going to go out there and just let it all hang out and do my best. Were you surprised at all to get the opportunity? A little bit, you know. I, I didn't really think that. Uh, I didn't really think that. I figured this fight would lead to another big fight, um, possible title eliminator after that, but. You know, the lightweight divisions, uh, you know, a lot of guys are going different places. And, um, you know, I'm just happy now the UFC's implemented their, uh, their ranking system and, and they're kind of sticking to it. You know, uh, Gray, Gray's ranked number third and at number three. And for me to get an opportunity to fight him, you know, and uh, win over Gray, I mean, that would pretty much guarantee a title shot. I mean, Gilbert's number two and um, Pettis went down. So, you know. I like that they're finally starting to stick with the, the rankings. And, I mean, it's obviously a business at the same time, and they want to do uh, what's best for business. But, you know, I'm just looking to go out there and, um, you know, kind of introduce myself to all the fans. It's been, you know, a long time coming. I haven't fought on a pay-per-view yet. So, you know, I'm looking to just go out there and, uh, you know, let, let everybody see how I fight. And, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully they'll want to see me fight Benson. Speaking of business, um, you know, it seems like the UFC is looking to cut guys here and there, and and I don't think you're in danger of being cut. But I mean, just talking to some of your fellow fighters and knowing that some guys will lose just once and then get cut. Is there always that in the back of your mind about that because the UFC is looking to trim? Yeah, I like to treat every fight um, make or break. You know, uh, 
I really, I really put a lot of pressure on myself as it is, but you know, there's definitely added pressure when when your back's against the wall and you kind of know you don't want to lose two in a row. And um, but I, I never really want to let that affect you know my performance, and I never usually you know I haven't really, I can't really say that I ever have, but you know, I talking to other guys and stuff like that, it definitely adds stress. But you know what, we uh, we're professional fighters, we got to get up there and fight in front of uh, thousands and millions of people, and uh, really, I mean. There's already enough pressure, so uh, I'm pretty sure most of us are uh, pretty good at handling that. What does a guy like d- like you do to sort of get away from that pressure to not think about fighting? Like, what do you do sort of when when you want to get away from all of that? You know, I, this is kind of my life, really. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really let it bother me too much. Um, you know, as long as I know that I put in all the work, I, I, I've done everything that I could do in preparation. I, I, I usually, the stress is very minimal for me. Um, obviously fight day is a, a different story. You got to deal with all the nerves and stuff, but you know, I, I would rather, I wouldn't rather do anything. You know, this is uh this is what I'm kind of made to do and I, I love doing it, but you know, I like to do all the regular things. Um, I just really enjoy my downtime, you know, chilling out, watching movies. Cause you know, we put our bodies through the grinder a mm-hmm. lot and, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, you pour a lot of emotion and your energy every day in, in here. And when you're, when you're at home and you can just kind of chill out and unwind, it's, uh, it's definitely pretty enjoyable for myself. Do you wish that you made the move to lightweight sooner? Uh, not, not really. I'm kind of happy where I'm at right now. I've, you know, I've got a lot of experience. I've got 10 fights now in the UFC and, uh, you know, I've got to fight some, some good guys at Walter Waite and, you know, I, I felt like, um, you know, I competed in all those fights, whether, you know, I didn't always get the result, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And, uh, you know, it's all kind of led me to where I'm at right now. And I feel good about my position in the sport and, and, and where I am mentally, physically, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I, I learn every step of the way. So I would, uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Now, Gray's a former uh, title challenger on, on two different occasions. I'm sure you watched both those fights against Frankie Edgar. What do you see in his game that you, you can sort of uh, use to your advantage? Uh, he, you know, I, I don't feel like he's fought anybody like me in a, in a long time. Uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm, I'm one-dimensional or two-dimensional. I feel like I can, you know, cover all the angles I can you know, I can stand up, I can strike, and, uh, you know, I can wrestle, I can, I can, uh, attack on the ground, so, and I feel like, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to push the pace on him, but, again, uh, he does everything he does at a high level, and he's, he's extremely skilled, and, uh, extremely talented, powerful guy, and, uh, you gotta respect him, and, you know, I definitely don't think, uh, it's gonna be an easy fight, that's for sure, I'm, I'm ready to go out there and, uh, you know, take my lumps, because I know that, uh, in order to win, I'm gonna have to, and, going to be you know it's going to be a, a battle it could be a slugfest it could be you know i have the feeling it's going to be more of a slugfest than anything but we'll see i'm going to ask you something here we got to look at what a ufc contract is all about and you know not going into details about yours but i mean first off do, do you like do you like your contract do you feel like you know you, you make a fairly good living in the ufc and and um you know, are you, you're happy, obviously, where you are. But I mean, do, do you like the fact that uh, you got such a great contract, and it's, you know, or do you feel that that fighter should, you know, get paid a little bit more? The reason why I ask is because Dana White's always saying that, you know, when a when a guy's contract's up, they always like to make sure that they're the guys that are employed for them are, leave happy. You've been treated well by the UFC, you think? Absolutely. Um, you know, this is this is kind of the answer that I always give is. Where else could I make money like I make in the UFC? I bought a, you know, I bought a house, I bought vehicles. I, you know, I don't have any debt. I, I own everything. Um, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm finally starting to reap the benefits of, you know, fighting professionally and putting all the hard work. And, you know, there's nowhere like the UFC if you want to do that. So, you know, I'm thankful, and you know, I'm looking always to go out there and just put on exciting fights and, you know, do the best I can. I mean, there's a lot of pressure. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what organization you're in when you're when you're fighting for your show and win money. That's tough, but you know, this is this is what we signed up for, man. So who am I to complain? I I, I love the UFC and uh, I love the opportunity to fight there. And 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 you know, like I said, I can make a lot more money in the UFC than anywhere else. Is it tough to get sponsors? By the way, I've always wanted to know that. Like, is it a tough thing to do? Or, or obviously, for someone in your position, you're on the main card on a pay per view, so it might be easier. But how do you go about doing that? Does your agent take care of that, or do you go out and do that yourself? 
Yeah, I don't like to really do too much of that myself. I let, I let my manager do that, and yeah. uh, I mean, it, 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 they're getting better. Definitely getting better as uh, as you fight on the main card and stuff like that. Uh, you make more money, and more people want to kind of step up to the plate. Uh, at the same time, I feel like in the last few years, maybe you know, some of the sponsorship has kind of. I think I feel like in, in talking to fighters, a lot of it um, has kind of gone down. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because there's so many shows or so many other fighters that are signed to UFC that are willing to maybe take less. But uh, I feel like the offers have, in the time that I've been in the UFC, I've noticed them kind of go down, especially at the uh, at the undercard level and stuff like that. But, you know, I've been pretty fortunate. I've had some good sponsors that uh, always, like, to take care of me long-term sponsors and you know that, that that's the key i mean when you have good people that want to support you and you know I'm, I'm just glad to be in the position i'm at right now to finally you know whether or not their business is being helped by sponsoring me because a lot of them aren't but they're just doing it out of the you know the kindness of their heart but um you know sometimes you know i get to fight on the main card and you know their, their name gets to get put out there and people get to recognize and they get the recognition they deserve so you know, i'm definitely thankful for that yeah do you do you have a say at all? Like, or does your manager approach you and say these people are interested? And like, do do you feel like do you does it matter who's on your shorts as long as you know, uh, you know they're they're paying you, or or do you get a, are you one of those people that says you know what I got to believe in what's the company's all about and and who I'm you know promoting essentially? Oh yeah, I mean I, I definitely would like to think that I have a say in it, uh, but you know show me the money and uh, we'll talk. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, last question for you before we let you go. We really appreciate you coming on, TJ. How are you going to finish this fight with Gray Maynard? Um, you know, I'm going to, you know, hopefully finish the fight without another ounce of energy left to put into it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, just, you know, putting everything into it and just hopefully getting a good result, man. I'm not going to come out here and make any predictions, but, uh, you know, I can say it's going to be an exciting fight for however long it lasts. I was wrong. Producer Jeremy actually has a last question for you. Well, actually, it's not my question. Um, MMASucka.com's Carlin Bardsley had a question for you, and the answer to this one might be rather lengthy, actually. Um, he wants to know what your thoughts on your teammate Tristan Johnson's loss to Jesse Gross this past weekend was. I was just, uh, you know, I feel always feel for my teammates when they uh, when they lose fights. I know what uh, I know. What people like my mom. Well, like any fighter puts into it, but especially one of your teammates that you get to uh, train with alongside and, you know, kind of see what they go through in camp. And, uh, you know, just felt bad. I mean, uh, hey, Tristan uh, Tristan knows what he signed up for, and, you know, he knows uh, what what, it, what needs to be done, and, you know, he's got a great attitude about it. So what else can you ask for? I mean, you know, he's going to, you know, heal up a little bit this week and, you know, get back to work, man. Jesse, Jesse also can't take away anything from him. He fought a great fight, and, uh you know, he uh, he came out. Uh, he actually surprised me. Not necessarily Tristan or Scott, but he surprised me. You know, I I, I don't know why, but uh, I for some reason just thought you know one of the adrenaline guys was going to go and, and and strike it out. And uh, I guess it's 2013, man. They they know how to wrestle now, so that's good to see. <laughs> He's on a four-fight winning streak. He's taken on Gray Maynard at UFC 160 in Las Vegas. TJ Grant, uh, all of Canada is going to be watching you. You're one of the big things right now out here. Everyone's talking about you. Good luck in your upcoming fight. Uh, just give us, uh, you know, where people get a hold of you in the in the social media universe, and maybe even just uh, shout out some of those sponsors you were uh, talking about. Yeah, for sure, man. I want to. Uh, yeah, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, it's uh, at TJ underscore Grant, and. Uh, my sponsors uh, Echo, uh, Venom, Cashbin ATM, Remote Access Technology, uh, Hamachi House, and Wild Wing, Popeye's Health Supplements. I just want to thank all them for, for you know for their help along the way. I really appreciate it, and uh, you know thank you guys. Hey, no worries, TJ. Really appreciate it, man, and all the best at UFC 160. All right. Cool, man. Take care. Let's hope TJ Grant uh, wins one for Canada. Yeah, five and zero, number one contender in the lightweight division. A uh, step up against Gray Maynard is a big stepping stone for TJ Grant. It'll be Gray Maynard's second fight, I believe. So who do you got? Since, who do you got? Uh, his transition from Extreme Couture to AKA. 
I do have TJ Grant in this fight. Really? Yes. Okay. I think that... Um, not to say that Gray Maynard's past his prime, but I think TJ Grant's just sort of on another level right now. Uh, these guys that he's beat, um, not Gray Maynard level by any means, but the guy... I think he's got the talent to be able to do it. And I think he's coming out of Canada, so let's keep it at okay. that. Okay, you're just going with your... I, I, am I going no, with... I'm not going with my heart at all. No, no? Okay. Well, I'm going, I'm going Gray Maynard. As much as we just had TJ on, we just spoke and had a, you know some kind words for each other and everything. Gotta, gotta go with Gray Maynard. I think... I, you've watched TJ Grant fight before, yes? No, Jeremy. I have never watched TJ Grant Because this guy before. is a yes. giant of a fucking lightweight, oh, dude. And Gray yeah. Maynard is an undersized lightweight. He should be down to 145, the same as Frankie Edgar is. And I think TJ Grant's just going to use his power. I don't know. I just it. think Gray Maynard's due for a win here. Not going to happen. He, right. he beat Clay Guida in his last fight, yeah. which is so boring. No, I mean, like nice a big see, win. I'm it's nice to big see win. Gray Maynard... Um, push the pace in his fights with extreme couture you know how many decisions the guy's gone to in a row now right like he takes everyone down he grinds out a decision but against clay guida he was trying to fight that fight clay guida clay guida ran around the cage like a chicken with his head cut off so he he pissed off gray maynard so yes this fight he might be coming out with something to show and prove because he's changed camps but i think tj grant's just too big for him all right Speaking of winners and winning, we had a winner of our contest, Alan Sturk. He's going to be joining us uh, right about now. He hails from Flushing, New York, and is now a new writer for MMASucka.com. We are very excited to have him aboard. One of the winners of our writing contest, Mr. Alan Sturk. Pleasure to be on, guys. Congrats. Congratulations, bro. Um, on being one of the right, you know, the winners to to be a writer on our website MMAsucker dot com. Uh, welcome to the team. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I was one of Roy Nelson's harshest critics years ago, but now you help me get on a site. Thanks, Big Country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You wrote a great piece. Actually, we read it. it was what you submitted. It's going to be on the website. Apparently, Jeremy was saying tomorrow. Yep, tomorrow, Wednesday yeah. for you listening. On Thursday, that will be yesterday, Friday, <laughs> two days ago. So yeah, it'll be on Wednesday. <laughs> yes, Wednesday. Have a. It's a great read. Great, great. How, how did you hook that? Up? Like, how did that all come together for you? What What made you want to write about uh, Roy Nelson? Obviously, besides the fact that he was on the card at UFC 159. Well, he's been on a big hot streak, and I don't know. I you know I've always found him exciting, but there was that big stretch, or not even a big stretch, man, a two fight stretch where he just looked massively out of shape. You know, he always looks out of shape, but like his <laughs> cardio was just awful. And then he's really put it, he's really put it together. Yeah, he's put some. You know, he's actually looking a lot better in his last few fights. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's always going to look like he's out of shape. But there's a out of shape Roy Nelson, and there's a really out of shape Roy Nelson. And like you said, there, there was a couple fights where uh, he didn't look like himself. But uh, you know, hey, man, he's putting it all together now. Just uh, first, before we get to your time, you were at UFC 159. I want to ask you, uh, what was it like to grow up in Flushing, New York? What was it like for you, man? Uh. Night games, <laughs> uh, not really a lot, you know. Just it's a nice, calm neighborhood, and and yeah, that's about. It's a pretty plain neighborhood. There's not. I live about 20 minutes from Manhattan, New York City, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, what drew you to MMA? What uh, what fight popped your cherry? Uh, I was a big pro wrestling fan, but I still somewhat am, but I'm kind of lost out of the product. But I did watch. Uh, what was it Brock against Mir, the second one, and. I was totally sold after that. I guess it was because Brock was in that fight. The pro wrestling sort of crossover thing had you uh, checking it out. Yeah, pretty much, man. It was, it was pretty appealing, and it was getting a lot of attention. So I was, let me check this new sport out, and it was incredible. What did you think totally of What did you think of Brock Lesnar in the UFC, and and what uh, what about your transition to his transition to WWE so far? What what have you thought of uh, what Brock's been doing? Oh, well, what, you know what was a shame with Brock, though? He dealt with so many injury problems. You know, he he almost died for, you know, Christ's sake. But uh, I'm happy what he's doing. You know, the issue of having Brock, he's not really working with, the, you know, kind of like the newer town. He's working with the established guys. And, you know, Triple H is not really an appealing matchup. But he's such a great heel, man. You know, because if you watch Brock from back in the day, he, wasn't, he never came off as a likable guy. So it's, it's fitting well for him, but I wish he was working with more talent. 
Yeah, for sure, bro. And what was uh, your time at UFC 159 like? Uh, you know, you got to see uh, John Jones, Chael Sonnen. Uh, just just tell people what it was like to, to attend an event like that. It was my first one ever because, uh, you know, I live in New York and it's still banned, which is, you know, absolutely ridiculous. But this is my first one. And, you know, the card, it was kind of predictable. But, you know, just the atmosphere of it was I was going ballistic over it because, you know, we had Jim Miller was the opener and he's a New Jersey guy. That was cool. You know, big country's always going to get a big reaction. Biz Bing's always going to get a good reaction. So it, most of the fights got me pretty excited, especially the main card. Now, did you get to sit uh, cage side at all, or were you, like, were you down below? No, I was about like the 100 section. I was like mid-level. Cool, cool. And that was your very first UFC event? Yep. What and you... I liked it. Go well, ahead. Yeah, you liked it? Yeah, it was good times? Yeah, you know, I know it was predictable, but you know, I really enjoyed, the, you know, getting to see a big country knockout. You know, I think, you know, writing about Roy Nelson, he's had so many great knockouts. What's uh what got you into writing? Like how long have you been writing for? You said your interest was started in professional wrestling. You kind of got into MMA after UFC 100. But uh, have you always been a writer? For the past 2 years, yeah. Uh believe it or not, uh in high school, you know, senior year was happening around. I wanted to do something big pretty much. So I kind of wrote my own autobiography about like my high school days. And from that point on, I just kept my focus on writing. I'm a big NFL guy. I do love the NBA, but MMA starting to become like my passion, so this is a great opportunity. Absolutely, man. We look forward to reading that passion on our site, MMASucker.com. Your Roy Nelson piece is going to be up tomorrow. And uh, we just wanted to bring you on and congratulate you, get to know you a little bit. And uh, Jeremy, producer Jeremy, I think, has uh, one quick thing to ask you. Well, i got a couple things, actually. Oh, here we go. The, the Rangers are in the playoffs. Oh, you didn't yeah. speak about NHL at all there in your passions. Are, are you keeping up with, with NHL hockey playoffs right now? You guys are going to hate me, but I'm not a big hockey guy. What? Okay. <laughs> Alan, come on. Not I even the Islanders? <laughs> the Devils? I, I respect it. I only hate it. Like, I hate baseball. I think baseball is just a waste of time. I respect hockey, but I don't know. But, you know, with the two lockouts, it's just you try to get into it, and then, you know, there's a lockout, and you lose faith in the organization itself, so. I will admit, what was the comeback last night? The Bruins comeback. That was really impressive. That was awesome, man. That was some good hockey. Yeah, maybe well, I'll get appealed to it. I don't know. <laughs> you got appealed to MMA. Now, speaking of MMA, you're from New York. You've followed MMA for the past few years. Have you been keeping up on like MMA in New York? And, and are you are you excited about where it could go to in the next couple years? Yeah, you know what's uh, you know I, I keep up on MMAfighting.com. I read all the stuff, and Dana recently said that you know it, if it gets you know legalized here, he would host at least like three events here a year. So maybe they'll use the new Barclays Center where the Brooklyn Nets play. Maybe they'll use that for say like a fuel card. Obviously, Mass Square Garden's going to be huge, and I don't know where the third one would be. But you know the fact that they want to do three events in New York has me super excited. I got an email today from um, an organization called Global Proving Ground, and supposedly mm -hmm. there is um, live MMA in New York this Friday night. Huh? You see, I don't. It's actually called Victory Global. Mixed Martial Arts. Victory oh, Mixed okay. Martial Arts, yeah. It's weird they legalize that, but then certain things are legal. It's just, I know kickboxing is legal here, but then there's something else that's not legal. It's just I don't know the whole culinary unit. It's just really frustrating to follow, but. I have faith within the end of the year or early 2014 that, you know, they'll finally be on May in New York. I have faith you're going to be sticking with us for a while, bro. We, like I said, congratulations, and uh, we look forward to reading your stuff. He's Alan Sturk. He's writing for MMASucka.com. Alan, we really appreciate having you on. Thanks, man. It's been a pleasure. Great guy. Good writer. I think he's uh, going to be a good fit for MMASucka.com. Yeah, seems like a good uh, American kid. American. He's American from New York. Yeah. And um, like you said, he won the writers' contest again. Thanks. Was one of the winners. Was one of the winners, I should say. But thanks for everybody for submitting. And uh, maybe one day we'll do it again. But uh, we're growing, and it's, uh, that's a positive thing. Another positive thing, uh, we actually get some MMA action. It's been a bit of a couple weeks. There's been a drought. Have you not? Anything stood out for you in the last couple weeks at all? Like, uh, well, you know, MFC was on last weekend. Obviously. 
I didn't get a chance to watch it live because I'm from Canada and we do not get access TV, so I, I didn't catch it. But uh, our good friend David Stanford did up the quick results and live results and all that yeah. stuff on MMASucker.com, so I checked up the news there. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how we have to watch it. I guess there's other ways too, but you know we have to get highlights of it. Um, there is an upcoming card. UFC on FX, Belfort versus Rockhold. Yep, UFC on FX8. Yes, on May 18th, Saturday. From Brazil. Anything um, on this card that... Uh, we well, the main event is extremely exciting. Interesting, it's going to yeah. be a good one for sure. Um, just to sort of speak on that note, um, mm -hmm. one of our new writers as well, he didn't win the contest, he came on before the contest started, Justin Perot. Um, he's started this new series that he likes to do on MMASucker.com called Stats for Suckas. He breaks down everything, like he goes into detail with the percentages and he does some math, he gets some info from the fight metric, but something sort of interesting here is that over the years, Vitor Belfort has actually fought for 8.5 hours in the cage, if you put it all together. Over the entire time that he's been fighting? That's a long time. It's a long time to get punched in the face. Yes. So, uh, it's interesting, that's one thing. Uh, his most sig most significant strike landed attempted in a fight. He went 21 for 67. It's his greatest stat um, versus Terry Martin back in July of what is it July again? 19th of 2008. He landed 21 punches out of 67 significant strikes. Um, whereas Luke Rockhold's most significant strikes landed, we compared that to the 21 out of 67 um, versus Jacques Array in uh, September 10th, 2011, which was a very close fight, mm -hmm. but Luke Rockhold landed an astounding 97 punches, and he threw a crazy 306 punches. So this has the makings of a... Slug fest. Slug fest between Rockhold and Belfort. I think that's, you know, obviously, the powers that be at UFC, that's probably why they put this fight together. Exactly. The accuracy, the striking accuracy of these two is fairly even. Uh, Rockhold hitting 41% of his strikes and striking accuracy and Belfort at 46%. So who do you, it's going to be a bloody mess. Who do you put money on this in this fight? I, if I, I were to put money on it, yeah, I would yeah. bet on the underdog. And I do believe the underdog in this fight is, good Belfort. Value. is there good value on it? I haven't looked. I haven't really either. Yeah. I, I'm thinking Belfort's the underdog in the fight. Personally, I'm, I'm really wanting Belfort to win this fight just because it's Vitor Belfort. Yeah, um, I'd love to see him come out and knock Rockhold out. Um, I don't think it's gonna happen. Though. I yeah. think I think Rockhold is that young gun, and he's he's got a flashy style. He trains with some of the best over at AKA. You know, he's Daniel Cormier's training partner, so he's throwing around heavyweight fighter. Uh, I, I think Luke Rockhold is a tremendous talent in the UFC's middleweight division. What a way if you were to win that fight to come into the UFC. Yeah, and beat yeah. Vitor Belfort in his home country, you know? Uh, yeah, he be, should be Like, running. welcome to the UFC. <laughs> I mean, what do you do with him after? I mean, you got to rank him pretty high. I mean, do you? is he the next guy, you know, like, if well, you were he, to win? He still, he still is the strike force middleweight yeah, champ, that's what right? I'm saying. So, yeah, like, I mean, Gilbert Melendez got a shot coming right in. You, you, you know, a lot of people thought maybe Luke should get a shot. Yeah. You know, if he beats Vitor Belfort, I mean, maybe... I mean, I know there's talks about Anderson Silva in a super fight. But he's still... Anderson Silva's got to get past Chris Weidman. Well, yeah, absolutely. I know That's that. That's a tough, tough test in, in itself. I'm just saying, if, if that were to ever happen, I mean, I think just a win over Vitor Belfort should put him at least as a number one contender. Yeah, I do completely agree. Yeah. It'll depend on how the Weidman fight goes, as I said, and, and depending on layoff and all that other stuff. I... I don't think John Jones really wants to fight Anderson Silva right now. Well, now what about Vitor though? If he were to win this fight, what do you do? What do you do with him then? You know? I don't know. He's so iffy with his weight classes. He doesn't seem to know where he wants to be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I hope he makes weight for this fight. You know, he beat Michael Bisping. You know, he had a couple good wins against Anthony Johnson, Akiyama. Uh, he did lose to John Jones, but I mean, like you said, he's going up and down in weight. If you were to beat Luke Rockhold, I mean, maybe he's in the mix as well as, as a number one contender, you know? Yeah. Just, just because of who he is and as well as, you know, he, then he'd be coming off, he would be coming off wins against Bisping and, and Rockhold. Yeah, so. for sure. It, it gets him up there, but I don't think the two in a row will notch him in the, 
no. in, in that in that division. Anything else on this card? Because I look at this card and yep. it's pretty much a... Yep. Uh, I do oh. like this card. You do, right? Well, at least the next fight on this card, the co-main event, Susa our Kamozzi. good buddy Chris Camozzi, mm-hmm. sponsored by our good friends at Ingrained Media, or not sponsored, uh, managed by our good friends at Ingrained Media, is stepping up on short notice against Jacare. Um, it's It's a big fight. It's it's a huge fight for Chris. He's he's looking good these days. He he had a nice win against Nick Ring in his last fight. Um, Jacare, on the other hand, was you know he was the former title holder, I believe, um, in Strikeforce. Yep. And uh, well, he lost the Strikeforce middleweight championship. Yeah, so he had it to Luke. Yep, obviously. <laughs> so, so he was the former champ, and yep. but he's on a three fight win streak. He's beaten UFC veteran Ed Herman in his last fight at the final Strikeforce card. Uh, it's tough. I, I do think Chris has something that, that could stun him. If he gets his hands on him, Chris has knockout power in those fists. So if he does get his hands on Jacare, then this could be his fifth win in a row. Yeah. Uh, if I was putting money down, uh, I don't know. I just like the way Jacare looked in his last fight. He looked very, very good. I, I'm gonna and he had hands in that fight, too. That's a, yeah. the thing that's dangerous is that... Many people count Jacare stand up out because he's such a great ground guy and his his jujitsu skills are out of this world. We've seen that with his his jujitsu competitions. But he's really he, worked he's on his striking. Really worked on his striking because he doesn't really need to work on those ground skills. So I don't know. I, I this one, my heart tells me that I think Kamozi can do it with his stand up game. It depends on his wrestling, but I, I think Jacare's got it. Yeah, me too. Me too. It seems like it just—it's kind of a block card, but I understand the use of a lot of Brazilians because you're in Brazil. Any other fights to stand out no. to you? That no, it's pretty much those were the <laughs> yeah, two. Yeah, those were the two. Awesome man. And uh, Sean Smith just messaged me on Facebook, and he got this quote that Vanderlei Silva said was, uh, "Jones and Silva Anderson have been too nice to Chael. I want to suck his blood. I want to smell it." Not just fight, I want to hurt him. There you go. So it sounds like he's uh, accepting the Chael Sonnen challenge. I think this is a good fight. This is a better fight for Chael Sonnen than, than John Jones and Anderson Silva was. I just think Chael's at the point in his career where a fight like this with Bondelay and at his point in his career, that's going to be a great fight. Now, where is it going to take place? I think it's going to go to Japan. Yeah, it shouldn't take place in Brazil. <laughs> no, because apparently a, a Brazilian almost tried... Uh, assaulting Chael Sonnen already in Las Vegas, apparently. Wow. <laughs> That's what I heard. So if he were to go to Brazil, imagine. I mean, um, he'd have to have police escorts and stuff. Well, cause, yeah, he's not, because of the oh. stuff with Anderson Silva, but yeah. uh, but now that he's going to be fighting Vanderlei, I don't know. It would be interesting to see what they do. Um, do they take it to Brazil? Do they, you know? But I, I could see it going back to Japan. I don't know. Some other interesting news here that yeah. I've got over here is that the Diaz brothers are oh, offering God. Shaq versus Conseco fight at their new promotion. Oh, God bless them. I don't know if anyone's heard about this, but Nick Diaz wants to start a new promotion. Apparently, Lazy the Savage was saying that they're going to start this new MMA promotion called War, and it's going to take place in Stockton, California. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's, that's, the, that's the fight that they want? I guess so. Shaquille O'Neal versus Jose Canseco. Well, I guess Canseco, or one of the two, called the other one out well, on I think Twitter. Jose Canseco said he would take a fight with A long with time Shaq. ago he said that, though, didn't he? And recently, recently, apparently. He okay. was asked again. And uh, I guess someone said, well, somebody in Nick Diaz's camp said, well, why don't you come fighting for war? Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see how this goes. Um, I guess this is where Nick Diaz's uh, money is going into. <laughs> Seems that way, doesn't it? <laughs> Another aiding taxes. He's starting up these upstart promotions in Stockton, California. It's like backyard wrestling. No kidding. And uh, <laughs> just it, well, Canadian backyard. I guess a couple provinces over, a few provinces over. UFC is returning to Toronto on September twenty-first for UFC one sixty-five. That's been announced, confirmed. That is on my feed right now. So when was it? September 21st for UFC 165 at the Air Canada Centre. That's great. Toronto getting another show. Yep. Any rumors of who's going to be on it? No. Mm. Do you think it's going to be St. Pierre, Johnny Hendricks? Uh, tough to say. Tough to say. I don't know. I don't know. GSP, I think GSP needs to fight outside of Canada. Well, I totally agree. But at the same time... It's a draw. 
you can understand the temptation yes. with the UFC to put him in Toronto at least. Not maybe not Montreal, but Toronto. Hey, did you see? Not not sort of changing the subject here, yeah. but the okay. Fox Sports one one event. Uh, it didn't have a trailer, but it had a little promo that they've been playing on Fox, and John Jones is in that promo. I don't know whether that's saying something or or what. Do you? Or maybe just using the top guy for yeah, marketing purposes. Yeah, I don't purposes. know. It's, it's, it was interesting to see a lot of people have been sort of you know conspiracy sort of diving into it that that's Jones in Boston a, right yeah so I know John Jones mentioned after UFC 159 that he or was it before or after it right around that time that he would actually love to fight on a free card because a lot of people he says anyway that there's people a lot of people he says that can't afford to buy a pay-per-view or watch a pay-per-view you can go to a bar and watch them but yeah but he says he would good, like to good do on him for saying he that. said he would like to for everyone to watch, be able to watch yeah it. that'd be cool uh, you know, for sure, absolutely, but it's not really that difficult to go watch a UFC pay-per-view. No, but at the same time, free, I guess it, free, it would definitely fucking boost the free card. Oh, no kidding. So <laughs> I'm wondering if I'm wondering if he'll be, if there'll be an announcement, but he's got the toe issue, so I don't know. Now that's, he, the doctor says he's back to fighting shape in four to six weeks. Huh. Who would it be? I don't know. Interesting to see. Huh. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with next week's show, because I guess we're done this one. Is there anything... You, you were telling me off air that uh, you don't like it when I call you Producer Jeremy. No, I call no. You producer I don't Jeremy mind all Producer Jeremy on the air. But when we're you? off the air, there's no, hey, Jeremy. No, 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 no. That's Producer Jeremy. Da, 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 da. You know, I mean... I, Can I, I call you Supreme Ruler Being of MMA Sucka? Sure. The God of Sucka. The God of Suck. Yeah, that works. Yeah, sure. Anyway, everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you to TJ Grant for coming on the show, talking about his upcoming fight at UFC 160. Darren Owen of Aggression Fighting Championships. I still want to call it Armageddon, but <laughs> Aggression Fighting Championships, AFC. They got their big show on May 19th. It's called AFC 18 Mayhem. And, uh, of course, uh, our new writer, Alan, Alan Sturk. That's new right. winner. Thank you for everybody who submitted for that. Thank you to all our other winners. We'll try to get them on as well to talk to them. And thank you, Jeremy, for putting the show together. Once again, check out smokelorewebseries.com. <laughs> you know, you laugh. I, I think you check this out. It's a pretty cool show. Check it out. Later. The price is wrong, bitch. Yeah, when the monsters, they won't go away.